Bauer. And I'm Dan Olson-Bang. And this is GradCast brought to you by Syracuse University. Welcome to season one. This is episode three. And today we're answering your questions on resumes. So we probably talk about resumes every single day of our lives. And we know that they're very important and that you often have tons of questions and want them to be the best documents to be able to submit to all of the positions that you're applying to. So let's get started. Dan, can you talk to me about some of the basics on resume writing? Tracy, uh, you're certainly right that we talk about this every day. When I was a kid, I, of course, um, wanted to be an astronaut, but how did I know that I was gonna end up wanting to be a resume reader for the rest of my life? I should go back to the astronaut concept. Um, So some basics about resume writing. Um, First of all, the most important thing to know about them is that they are merely a um, an information storage device of sorts. And the only thing that a resume should do is to help the person who is looking at it to get the information that they're looking for to make a very specific kind of determination about you. And that determination is that you have the right skills, credentials, experiences to do the job at hand. There are a lot of implications to this, uh, but I think that often gets lost in the shuffle. Now, in terms of the specifics, for most people in most circumstances, a resume is going to be a one-page, one-sided document. The narrowest margin you can have is 0.5. Every now and then, I get a a margin narrower than 0.5, and what I have to point out to the person is that I actually can't read all the words in a narrower margin. So you really have to keep that in mind. Um, It is going to have a combination of your education, specific uh, internship and job experiences that you've had, as well as um, skills. There are a variety of other um, sections that might come into play in different circumstances, but basically that's going to be the whole of it. And most importantly, and we'll get into this much more, a resume should be in response directly to a given position, not just sort of, I have my resume, there's no such thing. And so we'll get into these details in a little bit, but basically the important thing is to know that a resume is supposed to have a one-to-one relationship with the job that you're looking at and should consequently respond quite explicitly to it. Now, um, Tracy, I guess I've led you pretty well into this next question here. It's okay. I have a great analogy for this. Oh, good. I can't wait. <laughs> Do you use a different resume for all the positions that you apply to? Yes. So as you kind of alluded to in that first question and answer, yes, you must do this. So this is my great analogy. I've been using it for a year. Even though it's very corny, I think it's helpful for students to understand. The menu that you get at a restaurant tells you all the different things that you can order, right? So you order soup. The server brings you a salad. That is not what you ordered. So likewise, The job description is basically what the company is ordering in an individual, in their next employee or their next hire. So if they ask for editing skills in Premiere and Photoshop and InDesign, but you talk to them about how you love giving presentations, you're giving them a salad when they asked for soup. You're not giving them the information that they're asking for. And if you have those editing skills in Premiere, in InDesign or Photoshop, you should be talking about those things on the resume. Most students kind of find that analogy a little funny and helpful to understand that 
they're giving you specifics that they want to read about. And so you need to talk about those specifics on the resume and tailor and customize the resume. That means if you're applying to three different types of positions, you'll probably have three different core resumes that then you take 15 minutes to edit before you send. I know that this is a lengthy process, but nobody wants to read something and wonder if you've got the skills that they're looking for. It's an automatic no. The recruiter, if they can't see your skills that match the position, then they're not going to call you for an interview for you to expand on things. So you must customize the resume each time. Now, that being said, if the position is very similar every time, you may only make minor small changes and you won't have to revamp the resume. But you do want to make sure, am I showing them the information about me that is important to their opening? So I think you know you definitely have to use a different resume for every position and you should always save your resume with your name and resume and then maybe the company name. So that way, if it's months before you get called for an interview, you know that that's the resume you submitted. One thing that I also realize, and, and this is another um, analogy for you, is that uh, a resume is sort of like a test and you already have the answer key. And I think people really neglect this. You know what they're looking for because they tell you about it. It's not a mystery. And so sometimes people come to me and they say, hey, is this good? Is this close enough? And then I look at the document or I do a word cloud of, of what they have versus what they um, should have according to the job post. And they're not even similar. Or I use jobscan.co. You already know the answer because they, they give you that. Typically, they really mean it. And so that's really something you need to focus on is what they're asking for. And you mentioned jobscan.co, which is a great free place for you to take the position description and the resume, and it will show you the comparison. We don't want you to get too stressed out about that comparison, but we can walk you through what are the important things and what are not. And maybe using something like tagcrowd.com to help you create the word cloud to see what are the most important words that are coming up on your resume. And then you can do it separately for the position description. What are the words that are being repeated? So really analyzing the position description is important in customizing your resume. So we'll move on. So Dan kind of alluded to when we talk about resumes with students, we get these questions. Is this good? Is this okay? Can you review my resume 15 times? I need to know, is this perfect? Someone told me how to do these things and I'm just not sure. Help me, help me, help me. So Dan, what do you say to that? Of course it's not good. I'm just kidding. Um, in, in reality, there comes a point when you just have to make a judgment call and say, I've done enough on this. This is good enough. The other thing about it is that this isn't magic. And so the idea that there's going to be some perfect combination of words that will result in a job isn't, you know, it just doesn't happen, even though you wish it did. And of course, we wish we had the answer and that there was, in fact, an answer like that. What you really have to do is, again, go back to the answer key i.e. The, uh, the job post, check to see that, for instance, if they're asking for um, conflict management and you uh, use a different kind of framework or they say collaborating and you say communicating, that you're making sure that your language lines up with theirs. There's um, ATS software, applicant tracking software, and that software basically tries to see if what you have written correlates to what the job asks for. Of course, you can do the same thing yourself with jobscan.co or a word cloud. But the basic idea is that 
If you're not talking to the job ad, then you're not as likely to get a look. And a resume will never get you a job. A resume just gets you a look. It gets you a shot. And then, you know, the, the interview and so on carry you through. And in many cases, the resume is, is secondary if you've done your work in terms of networking, in which case what they're going to ask you for is, um, can you just pass along your resume when, when they, you know, talk to you in, in that kind of setting? So there are different ways that a resume works, but a resume never just hands you the job, no matter how fabulous it is, no matter how many people you've talked to. Now, another question, and this is um, really, really similar, but I think uh, a little different in spirit is, I get a lot of conflicting advice about my resume. Who's right? This is a question we get often, and I can understand why it is so confusing, because so many of our answers in the job search is, it depends. And so there isn't one right way to do anything we try to give you the advice on your resume that we understand from talking to employers and even my own experience working as a recruiter. When I explain things to you, I oftentimes try to remember, is this my opinion or is this something like you spelled a word wrong and we just want to clean that up because that would be maybe a recruiter looking at that resume and saying, this is a communications position, the grammar is off or there's misspelled words that's not going to work because we need you to be able to spell everything correctly and have great grammar. So when you're thinking about who's giving you the advice, I think it's important to think about, does the person have a job? We know that you're going to get advice from your peers. Remember that what works for somebody else may or may not work for you. And then coming to us, and I think one thing you want to do is understand why they're giving this advice. So like I mentioned, explaining the reasons behind it. And at the end of the day, understanding that this is your document. So there are some definite things that you shouldn't do, like in the US, include your birthday or your social security number or something like that. But then there's also a lot of gray area where you could do a wide range of different things. I think the one thing that is also important to state is if you are networking and someone tells you at a company that you want to work for, Google is the company and we really like this specific thing on the resume. So if you have that experience, it better be on that resume, whether or not that's true for a wide range of other companies. Um, the silly example I use with students is, if someone at Google says, we really want your resume to come in and it's all done in crayon, then please make your resume in crayon. That is not something I would ever suggest for any other company, but follow that advice of the people who work at the place that you would want to work. So that's one of the ways, and I know we talked about it previously, how networking can be helpful for you. So have those different versions of the resume and remember to think about who's giving you the advice, what explanations are they giving you, and how then do you want to follow that and incorporate it into your, your resume. So another question we get, and you know, this is a tough one as well. How much information is enough for my resume? You mentioned the margins being skewed. A lot of students want to include every course and every project they've ever done. So can I do that on my resume? You know, one thing I've figured out over time is that the people who are writing resumes are younger than the people who are reading resumes. And that's partly because I've no longer become, or I'm no longer as young as I used to be. And so what looks very readable to you at 7.5 or 6.5 fonts um, and scribbled in every single conceivable corner of the document is completely inscrutable to me. 
And so what I'll do as as a um, slowly uh, geyserific person, geyserizing person, <laughs> is I'm going to um, just kind of pass you over for something I can actually read, or I'll find like the one thing I can see on the document. So the the idea that you can cram everything in is is both not a good idea and beside the point of what a, of a, what a resume is. A resume isn't about how much about me can I teach you. It's about what can I include that you would appreciate seeing. And so it's not about you. It's not about me as the resume writer. It's about the reader, which is very important to remember. They're not asking you to learn about you. They're asking you to fulfill a particular set of duties. They'll want to get to know you in the course of the interview and obviously or hopefully in the course of the job, but they're, they don't have the same commitments to you when they don't know you from Adam and you're just a sheet of paper. And so the answer, how much information is enough for my resume is once you have accounted for the, the, the major themes that the job post has, then you're good. You've done what you need to do. And so that's different for different positions, and it's different for different people. You may have a ton, an absolute ton of experience that is relevant in this case, um, and you'll have to take some off. Other people are hoping that they can squeeze one more thing and make it fit into the particular job post, but whichever side you're on, it's got to be eyeball friendly and it's got to be relevant. And those two pieces together are the answer which makes it different every time. Um, but that's really the spirit in which you need to proceed. All right, next question. I updated my resume and I've had it reviewed many times, 10 times, 30 times. So what's wrong with it? I'm not getting any interview calls. What am I supposed to do now? When I am asked this question, I try to redirect the question because I think the thing that we're trying to teach students more and more is that the resume is not the only thing you should be doing for your job search. And it's oftentimes oftentimes what students think they can control the most and focus the most attention on. I think a lot of times students have done job searches in other countries, and so they understand how to do job searches in another place where the job search is completely different. So the question I want to talk with you through instead is, there's probably nothing wrong with your resume. It is your job search strategy that needs some improvement. Applying online for positions has become so easy over the past few years with the internet. You create your resume, even if you spend 10 minutes tailoring it, and oftentimes you can do one or two clicks on LinkedIn or Indeed, and your resume is now in the hands of the inbox, I guess, of the hiring manager. So that only works 5 to 10% of the time. Most people credit getting their positions through networking. So networking works maybe about 50 to 70% of the time. So that means your resume, there's probably nothing wrong with it. And when we review it with you, we oftentimes try to tell you, this is all set. It's in great order. You're going to make those small adjustments. We trust that now working with us, you are knowledgeable about how to do that. And you'll be able to submit an excellent resume. So what you then want to do is shift your focus to working on your networking and expanding your connections. You don't want to rely so much on a resume when recruiters are receiving hundreds, if not even thousands of applications for one position. So regardless of 
if your resume is absolutely perfect and it's the perfect fit for the position, you're competing against possibly hundreds of other people who have a very similar resume as well. So again, once you review your resume with us, we go over it, you make those edits, we review it again, most likely we want to send you on your way to the other strategies of networking and doing informational interviews and learning more about the job market so that way your applications can actually get read and you can get interviews to get the position. Great. So today we talked about resumes. We answered a lot of your different frequently asked questions and hopefully you learned something new. We'd be happy to talk with you. We have phone appointments and Zoom appointments over the summer and during our COVID-19 situation, um, but we're still here to help and we do want your resume to look excellent for all of your applications. We hope you enjoyed listening and have a great rest of your day. excited to say yes and I meant to say yes and I said no I think the way I was thinking it was being asked was opposite so whoops wow wow